Week two in the books, week three days away. You're listening live. This is the Champions Club podcast. Tori Gurley, I am your host, Monty Moss. You can catch this podcast streaming live on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Anchor FM, as well as find us on Instagram and Twitter. Find Tori at Tori Gurley 81 on Instagram, as well as Tori Gurley underscore, T Gurley underscore 81. Champions Club podcast. We're here. We're live. Tori, what's going on, man? Week two in the books. I know there's a lot of great games from Sunday that. We both like week three is days away. What what's going on? How we doing? Man, that was some unbelievable ball we watched over this past weekend. I mean, you starting from the one o'clock games to the four o'clock, even the Monday night football game was a hell of a showcase. So I I'm excited to dive into week three and and get our viewers some more wins because we did pretty good this week. Absolutely, both two and zero, which we're going to touch on later on in the show. Not also from a fancy football perspective, but also our locks of the week. If you may not know, but just want to give you guys a heads up: all our information from today's show and going forward, rather as sports betting or rather as fantasy football, will be uh, from our friends at DraftKings. You guys can sign up uh, with DraftKings if you don't have the app from your Android or iPhone device. So everything we're discussing on today's show and going forward will be all from DraftKings. If you guys don't know how to get to DraftKings, just go DraftKings.com and you can see all the spreads as well as sign up for fantasy football. Not sure what the cutoff period is. I'm pretty sure the cutoff period for fantasy football is over, but never know. DraftKings.com. Tori Gurley, I am Monty Moss. Week three, days away. We got some great games we're going to touch on as well as dig into fantasy football later on the show, which you guys are not going to want to miss. You're going to want to hear Tori's analytics from all these big key injuries that took place uh, over this past weekend, man. Tori's crazy, man. It, so many injuries in week two. I, I think this probably, in my history of watching football, the most injuries from different teams that I've seen in one Sunday than a cumulative over a whole season. How about you? Yeah, you're starting to see the the gift and curse of football, you know, the nature of the beast. And unfortunately, when you have a lot of injuries, you it falls back on that depth. You know, if you're, if you're heavy on the salary cap, like some teams like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Dallas Cowboys – you really can't afford too many injuries because you're paying your athletes top dollars. So the depth you might have behind it is not as good. But when you look at teams like the Green Bay Packers who might sustain a couple injuries here and there, they got enough players because they're not over in the salary cap. So um, it, it was just sad to see like notable players, guys like Christian McCaffrey, uh, or the Carolina Panthers are having uh, Bosa of the 49ers or Jimmy G of the 49ers. So many Matter of fact, it seemed like the whole 49ers team is hurt. And uh, last but not least, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I know a lot of people were high on him this year. I wasn't in particularly, but I knew that, uh, you know, he's a fan favorite. You know, he's a person that uh, demands a lot of attention on fantasy. And and they, to get the news a couple of days ago hearing that he tore his ACL, man, you know, my heart goes out to all those guys uh, that put their life on the line uh, on Sundays. Yeah, we want to send on behalf of the Champions Club podcast as well as Tori and myself, we want to send out all our uh, prayers out. You guys get back on the field safely, take all the process and healing that you need because, uh, you know, it's bigger than football at the end of the day. You guys out there got families and kids to provide for. And the last thing we need is or want to see is people get out there that's not 100% healed. But as Tori touched on Saquon Barkley, he's, as he said, is a fancy football favorite, also a fan favorite if you're a Giant fan or as well. It's around the league if you like, if you're into running backs in the running back position. But, Tori is touching them. If you guys haven't watched the first episode, which you guys can stream it on all uh, devices as well as all streaming services, you know, 
Tory alerted everybody, uh, even the first week, not to even get, be so high and draft Saquon to your fantasy football teams, which we're going to touch on later in the show because that offensive line of New York Giants isn't great. And it showed uh, these first two weeks, but Tory, Nick Bosa, torn ACL, Saquon Barkley, a torn ACL, Christian McCaffrey, he's going to be sidelined for four to six weeks with a high angle sprain. That's huge for the Carolina Panthers and also their run game as well as a play action because Christian McCaffrey can also catch out of the backfield. Bruce Irvin, a key uh, linebacker that they brought back after a short stint, he was a part of that Legion of Boom defense in Seattle. He has a torn ACL. Uh, Anthony Barr, Cortland Sutton from the Denver Broncos, a key figure, a key piece. He has a torn knee. So you see out the NFL, but just in week two alone, so many injuries that are going to affect. But, Tori, man, with all these different injuries, you touched on the San Francisco 49ers, but, for, for example, the Carolina Panthers, a team that has Matt Rule, first-year head coach from Baylor, had a stint at Temple, changed that program around. He brings in Joe Brady first uh, year as an offensive coordinator. Formerly, he is a national champion that won at LSU. And then on top of that, you bring in Teddy Bridgewater, first-year guy, first year as a starter at Carolina, has been with New Orleans for the last few years. With that loss of – Christian McCaffrey, sideline four to six weeks with an ankle injury, high ankle sprain, I should say. What does that do for that Carolina's offense and also that Carolina run game? Man, the Carolina Panthers are done. That whole 50% of the offense comes from Christian McCaffrey. And now you're, de you're depending on Teddy Two Gloves to get the ball uh, to Samuel and, and other receivers, uh, Farrell Cooper of University of South Carolina. Um, I think Joe Brady really has his hands full, and he's going to earn his paycheck this year. That That's for damn sure. Uh, you know, last year with him being in LSU, having a plethora of talent, you know, when you have Joe Burrow and Jefferson and the, uh, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and the list and the names just go on and on and on. And now your offense, everything you built for the Carolina Panthers is on the sideline for 46 weeks and Christian McCaffrey. So there might be some value on some players out there uh, to get the ball. But with the way that offense and the way that their team is set up, I think these guys are, are really going to struggle because now, you know, you're not afraid of anyone. You know, you are always afraid of Christian McCaffrey because, you know, he could take a, a screen to the house or he can take a handoff to the house. But now um, not having him on the field, you know, it, it's forcing a lot of guys to step up. And that's just something I don't see happening right now for the Carolina Panthers. And, uh, you know, it's it's early, but I can say they might be in tank mode already. Yeah, tank mode could be the right word to use to where Carolina Panthers are currently 0-2. They are fourth in the NFC South. They do have the Chargers up next coming up this Sunday at 4 5 We've seen the Chargers already in the fight they put up last Sunday that passed in week two at home against the Kansas City Chiefs in the hell they gave. So these next three, four games for the Panthers aren't going to be easy, but not having your star, your leader in the backfield, Christian McCaffrey, will definitely hurt. 49ers, Tori, you, you've been on the 49ers radar. You've been watching them closely, especially coming off uh, that Super Bowl loss against the Kansas City Chiefs within these first two weeks. Yes, they lost Nick Bosa. Uh, Jimmy G has an ankle injury. He got hurt as well on that same football field uh, at MetLife Stadium. Key injuries for these 49ers. What does this do? Yes, we we don't know the, the, the terminology or the, the length of Jimmy G's injury. I doubt it. I, in my opinion, in my estimation, I know that he will, he will be ready to go this Sunday, but hypothetically speaking, no Nick Bosa. That's your leading guy on the defense toward ACL. For what if the 49ers don't have Jimmy G this upcoming Sunday? What does that do for them uh, this upcoming week ahead of Week Three? I, I don't think it's a good look for the for the San Francisco 49ers right now. 
Um, Kyle Shanahan, he is a great mastermind, offensive mastermind. That's that's something I got to give credit for. I played for him in Cleveland. The guy know how to draw up plays. And to watch um, what he's done over the years in Cleveland as well as with the Houston Texans and, and even with the Denver Broncos and now out there in San Francisco, um, you can have a great play caller, but you still need those horses. You need the studs. You need those players to go out there and make plays. And that's something that uh, the San Francisco 49ers offense is just depleted right now due to injury. You know, you have Coleman is out. Uh, Mostert. It, it, it's just so many players in the backfield where it, it, it really hurts. And now you have uh, you have Kittle. Is that He's day-to-day with a knee injury or week-to-week. Yeah. And you're banking on Nick Mullins. And I've seen uh I've seen uh Kyle Shanahan go out and win with Nick Mullins before, but it's gonna be extremely difficult, especially in that NFC West division. You know, yeah. the way the Cardinals are playing, the way the Rams are balling, and the Seahawks, you really can't afford to uh have any down weeks because you know just in your conference alone, you gotta be ready to roll in that division. And now uh with all the injuries and trying to get guys back. Uh, it's gonna he's gonna have to turn uh chicken poo into chicken salad and I don't think he's gonna be able to get it done uh in upcoming weeks and this this game out there in in New York against the Giants man it could be one of those trap games even though the Giants lost uh Saquon Barkley for the year but just the amount of players that's hurt for San Francisco I, I it, it's gotta affect the team you know even Richard Sherman they're all perennial pro Bowl cornerback he's not healthy it's just we're, on Sunday, we're really going to watch the game and have to Google these players like during the game because yeah. we're not going to know what's going on. So, um, you know, I, I think it's some value out there. You know, I picked up a running back earlier, Jet McKinnon, um, just because I know of the system. I think they're going to try to run the football and, and get the hell out of uh, Jersey so they can get back to San Francisco. Uh, currently, they're in West Virginia. Uh, they didn't they didn't decide to fly back and forth because, uh, you know, they, they wanted to stay on this side of the country. So they can just play and fly and get back home. Now the Rams, uh, they're flying back east as well. They they have to face the uh, Buffalo Bills, but they decided to fly back to L.A. But with San Francisco, they're they're they've been in West Virginia. Uh, they're practicing, quarantining, isolating, uh, doing all that good stuff there, and they're gonna head up to Jersey again on that uh on that janky football field, man. What's going on <laughs> at MetLife? I, I'm not sure, Tori. You know, all three teams in that NFC West are 2-0, all off the hot starts, Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. And then on top of that, uh, the NFL did put out an investigation team to go analyze that MetLife stadium because there were so many injuries, especially high-key players for the 49ers on uh, this past Sunday when they faced the Jets. And I don't know, the NFL hasn't came to a word yet on the field condition, if they're going to be, if they're going to change the field, they're going to bring in different grass. That news hasn't even broke out yet, but they're staying. Of course, they're playing the New York Giants this Sunday, Tory. No no Nick Bosa, of course. Jimmy G is questionable. Nick Bosa's done. George Kittle, we, we don't know. He's listed day-to-day, as you touched on. This could be a sloppy game, I think. Uh, not also for the, for, for the 49ers. Yes, the Giants' run defense isn't great. Yes, smart pickup by you to pick up Jet McKinnon just to be safe on the safe side, knowing that Kyle Shanahan and knowing his scheme for you, of course, used to play for him, you know, some of the idea or method that he may come out against the Giants. But what are you looking forward to in this game? I, I think it's going to be one of those sloppy games. But if Jimmy G playing, that gives a boost offensively. But I think the 49ers have just a bunch, just enough just to get over the hump, to get out of Jersey and get right back to San Francisco. What do you think? I don't want anything to do with it. I, You know, I picked up Jet McKinnon uh, just for depth on my fantasy roster. But I, 
honestly, I, this game scares me from a from a fantasy standpoint and from a betting standpoint because you just don't know how these teams are going to react with this special year. Like this is something that COVID really has like changed the game. Now, you know, imagine being 15 days away from your family. You know, there's some guys going crazy in a bubble, yeah. but imagine, you know, as a football player, you're in a routine, you know, you're used to doing being in your facility and now you're in the middle of West Virginia uh, after you just played in Jersey and you're training. And now you got to come up and play on a football field that, has taken the likes of star players careers, just like, just, just cutting them down. You know, I, I would be very scared. And, you know, it's just one of these games where, you know, I, I expect to see some sloppy football and really just going to change the channel on, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to the audience and be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be glued <laughs> to the screen. This would be the last game I watch. I'll yeah. watch this game uh, next following Tuesday or Wednesday or something <laughs> like that. Cause I, I already know it, it's not going to be that many points scored. So you know, it is what it is. That that will be a one o'clock game. 49ers, of course, as Tori touched on, will be on the road uh, at the Giants. They are in West Virginia and West Virginia right now. That spread is at four. Giants already underdogs with the over and under at 41 and a half. But my advice, as well as Tori's advice, I'm pretty sure he can agree with this. Stay the hell away from that game. Don't even think about touching it. Don't even touch anyone. First quarter, second quarter, halftime. Leave that game. Just put an X. If you see that that um, put imaginary X on your screen, rather you're betting on DraftKings as well as any other betting site or betting website, just put a big X. Leave that game alone. But yes. A lot of key <laughs> injuries. A lot of key injuries, and we're going to keep you guys updated as we go along week to week uh, on it. Some injury reports for key players, especially if you have some of those guys in fan on your fantasy football roster. You guys may want to go ahead and make those necessary changes. So stay tuned for that here on a Champions Club podcast. But Tory, week two. Crazy, a lot of games, a lot of comebacks, a lot, a lot of controversy uh, from this week two schedule. From your opinion, from all the games you've seen, as well as all the games I've seen, but you, you can take, you can take this first. What are some of the biggest takeaways in your eyes that you saw uh, from week two? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that a lot of people been sleeping on them. I was, I was skeptical, but I sat down and watched the watched the Jaguars play against the Titans. And I was shocked. You know, I, I figured they were in full tank mode. I was listening to other media pundits around the country, and everybody was trying to tell me that Gardner Minshew is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy's a ball player. I literally took the time to watch this guy play, and wow, Jay Gruden, former Washington football team head coach, you know, it used to be called a different name, but now Washington football team. Yep. He's offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he has that offense humming down there. I mean, there's so many players getting the ball. Gardner Minshew, he looks extremely comfortable. And we all thought they were going to get blown out by division rival of the Tennessee Titans. But literally, those guys went out there, performed extremely well. It was a three-point game. It was 33-30. to 30, And I learned a lot about Jacksonville. So uh, they're a sleeper team that I, you know, I have in my back pocket uh, when it comes to fantasy and maybe you know, betting on a little bit as well. Yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars are surprising a lot of people, fans, media members around the league. I I'll be honest, when they when they face the Colts week one, me and Troy didn't really talk about that much here on the Champions Club podcast, but I'm thinking Phillip Rivers' first day, first game as a Colt, he's going to come out there firing all cylinders, and you know the Jaguars surprised me. But my big question that I had marked down on my paper is, can they do it again? And they came out against the Tennessee Titans, a well-orientated defense, of course, with Mike Vrabel being the mastermind, and they put up 30 points against them. And, of course, it's been a lot of social media beef between uh, Minshew 
and Ryan Tannehill, of course, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, something came out. I'm not sure for, to be exact, but they were chiming at it on Twitter. Of course, oh, Fitz Magic. Fitz yeah, Magic. We all yeah. know he has the crazy Santa Claus type beard, and Minshew has the crazy mustache, and they're both chiming in. What's better, a mustache or a beard? And of course, Tannehill, uh, not Tannehill, Fitz Magic went on Twitter and said, I'll take a mustache. I'll take a uh, beard over a mustache any day, Tori. So that's just an extra Andy that's going to bring a little bit more fire out of those guys that we're going to touch on with that Dolphins Jaguars game. But of course, Minshew, he balled out uh, in, against Tennessee on the road. 30 of 45. He had 339 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Yes, he did, though, two interceptions in that game. But from what I saw, uh, Robinson stepped up huge. 16 receptions, a buck oh two. I know he he balled out for some of you fancy owners, Had did score one touchdown. They were rolling offensively, and, and the Titans didn't seem to find an answer. So, of course, Tory, with them matching up against the Dolphins this week, don't get me wrong, Dolphins came to show. Yes, they lost against the Bills, but they came to play. And, and Tannehill, not Tannehill, Wine Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, of course, uh, was very good in that game. But with this game coming up, Minshew versus Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic, of course, can be great. Minshew has been great through these first two weeks. What are you looking forward to when these two teams kick off on Sunday? I think it's easy to take the home team here, Jacksonville. Uh, they're, obviously, they're going to have fans. Uh, Minshew Mania is, 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 is up and running in, in Duval County. And they're just a solid football team. They're able to run the ball. And they play pretty good defense. I, I I was I really was shocked when I sat down and watched these guys against the Titans. Like I, I truly thought I was going to watch um, a bunch of players that didn't know what the hell they were doing. But literally, uh, Doug Marone has these guys coached up. They play hard, um, play a salmon football, and I, I just I love watching Gardner Minshew really get into his bag and and get it to his playmakers. So um, I, I'm I, I really love the Jacksonville Jaguars in this spot. And if it if fantasy just wasn't a Sunday thing, I, I wouldn't mind throwing some of those guys uh, on, on my on my lineup this weekend, but I can't because it's, th- it's a Thursday night game. But don't be surprised if you see a bunch of players from the Jaguars that put up some big numbers because the Miami Dolphins on defense, they love to play man. And the way Jay Gruden was dialing up plays and the way uh, Stephon Diggs balled with the Buffalo Bills, I can see the guys from the Jaguars just mimicking that and putting up big fantasy numbers and big stats. Yeah, Tori, I'm going to ask for your opinion. You're, you're, you're a beard guy, but of course with this, this Twitter battle, Twitter war, I should say, between Minshew and Fitzmagic, what, what, what are you leaning towards? Do you, do you like a, a nice beard or, or, or are you a mustache guy? Give, give, me, give me your insight. Give me your take on what you think. Whose side are you taking here on this Twitter war between these two? Oh, well, if I'm putting my money on something, I'm going to put it on a mustache, the old Minshew mania. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's how I'm feeling right now, and, and that's just what it is. So, yeah, Minshew, baby, mustache. <laughs> Mustache gang, 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 gang. Mustache versus beard. You guys can chime in on Twitter. Tag us on Twitter at t at t girly eighty one or tag me on Twitter at monty underscore moss three, and we'll be glad to chime in. But I, I, I like a I like a big beard, man. I'm a beard guy. I do ha- I do want to have a beard goal, so I'm going to lean towards the magic. Now I'm not taking Fitz Magic on Sunday. I am rolling with uh, Mustache Mania down there in Jacksonville, so uh, you guys can stay tuned for that. But this is a Champions Club podcast. Tory Girl alongside our Monty Mawson. Week three is here. We're ready. We saw all the week two games that we're going to get a little bit more into. But, of course, Tory, the last week two game that kind of surprised me, and I want your insight on, yes, the Bucks did come out 
and win a, their first home game in the Tom Brady era. He had his first win as a, a Tampa Bay Buck at home against the Carolina Panthers, 31-17. I love the offensive chemistry. It's starting to come along. You see it uh, on some of the drives. Yes, they had a few turnovers, uh, but that Mike Evans and Tom Brady connection has to be huge, especially with those other guys, Scotty Miller and Chris Godwin Jr., that's going to open up uh, doors for others in the run game for Arthur Leonard Fournette, which had two touchdowns on the day. What's your take from that game, man? Because I loved, I loved it. I watched it. I loved the, the offense. It was rolling in week two compared to what we saw week one against New Orleans Saints on the road. Leonard Fournette, as, as you touched on last week, he's going to have to get more touches, which he did. He did get in the end zone twice and did rank up some fancy points for all you fancy people out there, but – 31-17 was your final. What's your takeaway from that Bucks and Panthers game, George? It was a great bounce-back game for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, we knew Tom takes losses to heart. You know, that's something he's not used to doing. And after a, a big ill, you know, playing against the New Orleans Saints, uh, he, he was locked in this week. And uh, they still have some kinks they got to work out on offense. I, I watched too many watch too many drop passes out there or guys uh, running the wrong route. So, but that'll come with time, you know, it's still second, you know, third week of the season and, and football is 16 weeks. So uh, the defense played extremely well, held Christian McCaffrey uh, to a pedestrian day. Usually he goes crazy. So um, being able to literally knock him out of the game, it just shows how the defense really stepped up for the bucks and, uh, Bruce Arians just got to watch his mouth when it comes to talking about the GOAT. You know, be very careful. Allow him to work, let him live, let him work, and I promise you he'll reward you at the end of the day. But if you piss him off, you know, it could, it really could hurt your season. So, uh, But I, I definitely want to see the pass catchers uh, come down with those balls because they, they, left a lot of, they left a lot of money out there on the field on Sunday. We already had a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers week one. The, you, we, we all saw what he came out and did against the Vikings. Week two, we saw pissed off Tom Brady, as Tory touched on on last week's show, and what he came out and did. But I, I agree to Tory's point. They they held Christian McCaffrey to under sixty yards rushing, finished with uh, fifty nine or eighteen carries. Yes, Terry Bridgewater did have three hundred sixty seven passing yards, but that Tampa Bay defense, which I do have for fantasy, thanks for racking up those quick points for me, Tampa Bay Bucks. Two interceptions, sacked five times. So they that, that pass rush and that defense got after Teddy, put some fire under him. But a pissed off Tom Brady, 20, 23 of 35, finished with 217 pass yards. Yes, we're all used to seeing the accustomed Tom Brady putting up 300, 350 yards. But it'll take time. He'll get there. So hang tight for all you Tampa Bay and Tom Brady fans, especially if you have him on fantasy. That time will come. But Leonard Fournette, as Torrey touched on, he has to get more touches. Only had two rushing yards against the Saints. Finished with 103 on 12 rushes, was averaging over eight yards a carry. As I did touch on, he did get in the end zone twice. And the receiving was just all, all numbers. Mike Evans had a ball day out there for all you fantasy football. Mike Evans owners finished with 104 yards, did get in the end zone once on a great pump fake, and then another throw by Tom. Had seven receptions, and those are great games. So Tampa Bay does get the win, one, one first home win, as well as the first win in the Tom Brady era. But, of course, Torrey, week three. We got a lot of games again, and there's a lot of key games that I want to get your analysts and, and your insight on. But yes, we gave our biggest takeaways from week two. I know mostly all of you, especially you Cowboy fans out there, probably was dying for us to get our take on that Cowboys and Falcons game, the miracle onside kick. But we may show you guys some love, but we may not because I personally don't like Cowboys fans. I don't know how much Tory likes them. I mean, maybe he does like the Cowboys fans to a certain extent, but. I damn sure don't. So to hell with you, Cowboys fans. Yes, you got your win. Yes, you got your first home win. Hooray. Congratulations. But we're moving on. Week three, Tory. There's a lot of games. Uh, we both know 
Uh, some teams have, have won last week and some teams have lost, which we're going to touch on in this next segment. But Browns and Washington football team, this is going to be a key game, I think, in my opinion. Yes, the Browns won on Thursday night against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Can that offense sustain uh, that consistency and, and make the same plays or make bigger plays that they did last week on that Thursday night game, as well as Washington trying to rebound? Uh, they went against your guy, Colin Murray, which is my guy too, but you own him in fantasy. And Colin Murray balled out against that Washington football team. So this Browns and Washington football team, what's some of the things looking forward to? Can that Browns offense stay consistent and put up those points that they did last week against against Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, in this spot, I think the Browns would be fine. Uh, they, they're just coming off a huge Thursday night win, so they had extra days to prepare for the Washington football team. So uh, this would be a great week to see Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham come to life. I think this is a game where uh, as long as you get some protection up front, you got to protect Kyler Murray because the Washington football team, they have some grown men coming off the edge. Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, these guys are strong. They get after the quarterback, and they really can disrupt the game. But as long as you get some protection up front, um, I, I haven't been impressed with Washington's secondary, and that's where Odell Beckham really could just exploit that defense and, and really have a big day. Um, you still got to stay on the ground. You got to get the ball to Nick Chubb. You got to get it to uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, it showed uh, last Thursday, whenever you get those guys the ball, they're, they're playmakers, and it, it creates one-on-ones for those guys on a perimeter. So expect to see a heavy dose of the run, and now you get to come behind with the play action. And this is an opportunity for Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, I think, to have uh, big days against the Washington football team. Yeah, that wa- that Washington football team did give up 30 points, but let's not let's not forget that Browns defense did give up 30 points against Joe Burrow. Not comparing the two teams offensively, yes, a Washington football team has shown some signs offensively in week one, especially when they faced the Eagles and came back from 17 down. But let's not forget the, what the possibility of what the Browns offense can do. Tory, of course, yes, they put up 30 plus points in that Cincinnati Bengals against that Cincinnati Bengals defense. I should say, excuse me. What are you looking forward to offensively from from that Brown squad when they go up against Washington? Some some of the things you're looking to look out once these two teams kick off. Uh, just attacking the middle of the field uh, at, at linebacker. Washington is weak, and I think that's a point where you know goes back to the play action. Just always selling it, having those backers to come down into the box and just throwing the ball over their head. So I, I expect a lot of uh, Austin Hooper as well. You know he's been quiet this year, so I just think this is a, a game for. Cleveland to really get it going because they had additional rest. You know, you had a, a few extra days and it matters. Whenever you play on a Thursday and don't have to play until the following Sunday, uh, it's going to give Kevin Stefanski enough time to scheme up some of these good plays to uh, rack up some yards and points. Yeah, that Washington football team, just a key note for you guys out there, did give over 100 plus rushing yards. Kenny and Jake finished with 20 carries for 86 yards. We know the damage that Nick Chubb did, did on Thursday. So watch out for that running game. Uh, from that Cleveland Brown squad. Yes, that Washington defense isn't great. Yes, they have great pass rushes, but they're not great right now as far as stopping and running. That's the key note that you guys want to watch out for. So for all you fancy guys, we're going to touch on later on in the show. Watch out for that. We may give you some pointers on say, hey, go get Nick Chubb or go go get a Kareem Hunt uh, for this upcoming week, especially going against a very horrible run defense in the Washington football team. Buccaneers and Broncos, Tory. yes, we just said. Bucks came off their first home win as well as their first uh, win in the Tom Brady era. They're going against the Broncos, who didn't look that great uh, last Monday night, as well as not looking great. Of course, they had some key injuries that I touched on earlier in the show with uh, Anthony Barr being out and Cortland Sutton, one of their key uh, offensive guys, especially from the receiving standpoint. 
what's some of the things that you kind of you, you kind of got on your on your board as you're preparing for to watch this game on rather you watch it on Sunday or rather you watch it uh, later down in on in the week for the upcoming week. But this team here, this Broncos team, what's some of the things that you saw that that really stands out to you? Rather, it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, too many injuries. They played Pittsburgh this past Sunday, and literally uh, Drew Locke, he went out with a shoulder injury, AC joint. Now uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, torn ACL. Uh, and Von Miller, he gets hurt in, in training camp. Uh, that's that's your team right there. You know, those are three key players you must have on the field to be competitive. Um, even though Tampa is playing in that high altitude, I think this is a great spot for them to, to continue to get the ball rolling. Uh, you see a lot of Leonard Fournette being able to run the football. Uh, Mike Evans should should get a heavy dose of his, of his targets. You get you're probably getting Chris Godwin back. Uh, you know, coming off a, a injury, so I think it's a good spot for for Tampa to get the win and also get stats. Uh, Denver is just, they're just depleted. You know, I I really like Denver, but literally watching that Steelers game, it, too many injuries, and you know it's going to hurt them because these are guys that are hard to replace. These are like your your Pro Bowl type players. So um, I think Tampa should go out there and handle business and and do whatever they want to do on offense. Broncos are 0-2, fourth in the AFC West. Tampa's 1-1 right now, second in the NFC. This will be a key game for them as far as wins and losses, especially with that division, with the Saints losing this past Monday against the Las Vegas Raiders, which we're going to touch on later on in the show. But, Tori, this is this game right now is at 6, with Denver Broncos being the underdogs over or unders at 43-and-a-half. What's something that you would suggest to the betters out there that may be looking at this game um, but may not know what to do? Yeah, I'm – I don't have anything crazy to say except for just keep it simple. Uh, the public is all over the Buccaneers right here. You know, I would be on the Bucks as well. Uh, six is a big number, especially for a home team. A home, you know, you're you're a home dog at at minus six. But offensively, they're 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 missing too much. I don't think they have enough horses to be able to put up enough points to keep up with the Buccaneers because I think this is the game where you might see them score thirty five to forty points, and I don't think Denver could. Uh, match that you can catch that game 425 on fox for all you guys out there that's looking forward to this broncos and tampa bay bucks game detroit lions arizona cardinals your boy my guy who i think is going to be a future mvp in this league kyla murray that game will be at 425 also cardinals are coming off a huge home win in arizona kyla murray balled out not not also did he get it done with his arm Got it done with his feet. Got a few rushing touchdowns. Running game was excellent last week against the Washington football team, as I touched on. Kane Drake, over 86 yards rushing. The receiving was phenomenal. DeAndre Hawkins yet showing up and showing why. It was the biggest mistake of the Houston Texans franchise to let that man go. And shame on you, Bill O'Brien, for not paying that man. I'm going to say that every week he balls, which he's going to continue to for the Arizona Cardinals. But Lions, they're, they're not looking too good, Torrey. Of course, after the Jim Caldwell era, the Matt Patricia era hasn't looked bright. I'm pretty sure it's not what Detroit Lions fans are looking forward to once he came in. Of course, for all you people out there that may not know who Matt Patricia is, he was a former defensive coordinator under Goat Belichick, and everybody probably had high praise on him. But everybody wants to be a coach in the NFL, but it's different when you actually have to be one and have all that fire under yourself. Tori, what you looking forward to? Cardinals are home again. They will be home this this week. Yes, they're 1-0 at home with beating the Washington football team last week. Spread is at six. Detroit is coming in as the underdog. Over or under is at 40, 54 and a half. Colin Moore is your guy. Give it to me. What's your insight? What are you looking forward to when these two teams kick off on Sunday? 
I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I definitely love the Cardinals in this spot, uh, you know, swallowing the points, the minus five or five and a half, wherever you get it at. I think DraftKings has it Draft at five Kings and a half. They have it at five and a half, yes. Yeah, so it, it, being that. But I, I really love the points in this game. Just I think the total is going to go way over. And the reason why is the Cardinals' defense, they're bend but don't break. There are, you know, Patrick Peterson used to be a shutdown corner, but he – He's a solid corner. He's not shut down anymore. So uh, the Lions are getting a huge player back. They're getting Kenny Galladay. Um, and he's like a, a – if you don't know, he's like the Megatron 2.0. You know, he just doesn't get the praise. But if you look at his numbers, man, this guy is just a monster. He's 6'5", 230, runs a 4'4", can jump out of the gym, and he catches everything thrown his way. So Matthew Stafford has his big target. And that's only going to open up it. That's only going to open up the offense for guys like T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end, to come in there and and make some plays as well. So, um, but with that being said, the secondary of the Lions is they're they're just hurt. I mean, too many players are on the injury report, and that's just that's wide open for DeAndre Hopkins and and Kyler Murray just to have a field day. So I just think it's going to be a high scoring game, similar to what we saw with Dallas and the Falcons. Obviously, you're playing in Arizona. You don't have to worry about the element. So I think both teams are just going to go up and down at will and scoring points. But ultimately, I think uh, the Arizona Cardinals get the win and cover the five. I, I agree, Tori. And on top of that, let's not forget, Lions did jump out to a quick 14-point lead last week on the road against the Packers. And we all know what Aaron Rodgers did being down so early in the production of the day. They did give up Lions. They give up 42 points to Aaron Rodgers. I'm pretty sure at the time he was, in Troy's words, pissed off. So, of course, he had to turn it up offensively. But this Cardinal team, don't get me wrong, their offense looks so looks legit right now. They putting up they're putting up points. The run game is flowing. DeAndre Hopkins getting the ball, creating for others. Larry Fitzgerald's chiming in with him. Kenya Drake is being effective on the ground. I, I'm going to agree with Tour on this. I, I I think it it will be a high scoring game because the Lions their defense isn't isn't solid, isn't containable enough where you can contain Kyler Murray and that offensive unit that they have. So look out for that for all you over and under favors that like to bet on over and unders. This could well go over. Yes, the spread is currently at 54 and a half. We could have we could have a high scoring game down in hot Arizona. Stay tuned for that. That game will be 425. Also, Arizona Cardinals will be home. Bengals and Eagles, Tory. Eagles, of course, lost last past Sunday, week two, at home against the Rams. Rams offensively came out and lit them up. Uh, Carson Wentz wasn't that great offensively. Bengals, of course, are trying to come, they're coming into Philadelphia trying to get a win after losing that Thursday night game. Joe Burrow did play well in that game, in my opinion, uh, on the road against the Cleveland Browns. But this is a one o'clock game, Tory. Spread is at five and a half again from our friends at from our friends at Fan, not Fanduel. I'm sorry, DraftKings. Bengals are the underdogs. Over and under is at forty six and a half. Tory, yes, you've seen t- you've seen tape on the Bengals this past this past Thursday at, on the road against the Browns, as well as you've seen that tape when the Eagles were home. Playing against the Rams, what's something that you can give to people out there watching uh, from a betting standpoint on, on what to look forward to when these two teams kick off? I'm loving Joe Burrow in this spot. I, I am so – I'm done with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I have them on one of my tickets just to win the game. And literally, uh, Carson Wentz, you know, he has a lot of things going on and it has nothing to do with uh, his performance uh, on the field. It's, it's really like between his ears. I think – He's getting in his own way. You know, this guy has all the ability in the world, but um, it was a, a particular drive where it was like a seven-play drive. 
they were down four points, had the ball in the red zone, and I was, I was sitting there with my wife, and I was like, he just can't turn the ball over. This is a great drive. We just got to get points out of it just to close the gap uh, on the Rams. And literally, as soon as I said he can't turn the ball over, this guy throws the ball into double coverage. It's an interception, and literally the game just kind of it fell on his head from there. So um, I, I'm not I'm not loving Carson Wentz in this spot. Uh, I, I think Joe Burrow, AJ Green, Joe Mixon, and the Bengals uh, coming off that Thursday night loss. I think they they showed a lot of promise. Uh, they were a team that went out and competed against the Browns. We all thought they were going to get the brains beat out of them, but they really went out there and put up a fight. So having this extra time to prepare for a team coming off a loss, I really can see Cincinnati going to Philly and uh, with the big upset. So. If, if you feel comfortable, take the points. But if you feel froggy, then jump on that money line and and, and pull for old Joe, Joe Burrow to work his magic in Philly. Joey B, as they say, at Oregon, former LSU coach right now, he loves it. That money line is at plus 184. So if you're not liking that plus six to cover or taking them, hop on that money line. Transitory touchdown currently right now at 184. Eagles are the favorite, minus 220. Yeah, I'll get a little bit into that Carson Wentz situation, Tori. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's from an offensive play call, and of course we all know Doug and calls the plays, but there's been things out there said amongst, especially after that, after that game, that Carson tends to get to the line and change the plays depending on the coverage. I know quarterbacks out there do that from time to time, but he do it continuously. With this going on, Tori, with, with this offensive drama, with the play calling going on, could this be a problem uh, this week? Of course, trying to rebound after that loss against the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, don't get me wrong. Carson Wentz had an okay offensive game, twenty six of forty three. Yes, you know he did throw he did throw two interceptions, had some bad balls, got sacked a few times in that game. But it, with this offensive player, could this be a problem this week against the Bengals? Definitely could be a problem. I was looking at the frustration of Deshaun Jackson during the game, and he was just he was upset. You know, he really felt like he's isolated and, and, and not getting any balls. Same thing with Zach Ertz. I have him on my fantasy team, fantasy team, and, he, you know, he's not getting the targets he once was getting. And I know the Rams, they weren't deviling him. You know, you still got to respect that you have Dallas Goddard as, a, as another tight end and, and Deshaun Jackson uh, flanked out wide. So uh, Carson Wentz has just been playing bad football. And with them dressing out two, three quarterbacks now with Jalen Hurts having these little packages, I think it could really just start playing mind games on them. And I would just stay away from Philadelphia right now and, you know, and be a total backer with the Bengals. I like this game coming up. I do have this marked on my paper and yellow highlighted mark. I have two games for this upcoming week. The first one, the Cowboys and Seahawks, which I actually like. I like the Seahawks winning this one. But, Tori, give me your take. Cowboys defense, they have, they have injuries. They're just looking bad. Julio Jones didn't have a great game, but that opened doors for Calvin Ridley, my fantasy football wide receiver, by the way. Put up a lot of points for me this past Sunday, and they put up some points in that Cowboys defense. Yes, uh, I give Cowboys, I hate to say this, but I give them credit offensively for uh, sticking to the plan and coming back and creeping and creeping and creeping. Of course, they did come out with the win, but Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson right now, I'm putting in a petition for MVP. I know Colin Murray is right behind them. But, you know, don't get me wrong, Seahawks, they put up 35 points. Russell Wilson threw five touchdowns against my New England Patriots defense to five different receivers. That's incredible. He's playing at an all-time high. He's in midseason form. He's rolling. They're rolling down there in Seattle. Cowboys and Seahawks, Tour, what are you looking forward to? What are some key points in this game that you can give to people out there that will be watching this game on Sunday? 
I'm definitely excited for uh, this game right here. And uh, Russ, let Russ cook. And this guy has been playing extremely well. Tyler Lockett uh, making big plays downfield. Uh, DK Metcalf over the top. Fantasy stud. Like these two guys are really, they're getting people paid out here. They're getting money. I'm excited for them. I mean, the offense is wide open. Uh, We all banged on the offensive line for the Seahawks talking about they weren't good enough. But literally, Russ has found a way to uh, bundle all that together and go out there and just really cook. I mean, he's really in his bag right now. You can the the confidence that he's playing with is just so supreme. I mean, he's really he's in an element of rare error, and I'm just excited for him, man. I, ever since he got married to Sierra and and having more kids, this guy's really been balling. So uh, I don't know. Hey, she must be cooking some of that good stuff at home. But I, I I'm really happy for the Seahawks and, and definitely with Russ. And, and Pete Carroll just got to allow him to go out there to keep keep making plays because this Dallas secondary is horrible. Agreed. Horrible. I mean, literally, they couldn't play defense on a parked car. I mean, or they couldn't play dead in a horror movie. I mean, it's, it's that bad. But uh, to Dak Prescott defense, man, on offense, this guy just keeps chipping away. Whenever we count him out, whenever we want to snub him and say he isn't good enough, this guy just finds a way to keep grinding and keep making plays. You got C.D. Lamb making plays on the perimeter, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and you always, 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 you never can go wrong handing the ball off to Zeke. And whenever you you feed Zeke, it truly opens up the field for everything else. And uh, I I, I think this game right here is definitely going to be a high-scoring game. It's just like you watching uh, your your siblings or, or your friends play Madden. The ball is going to be thrown a lot, and the, the final score might end up like 50 to 49 or something. I mean, literally. I think uh, what it's going to boil down to is one big stop, and I think the Seahawks has a, have enough players in the secondary to do it because the way Jamal Adams has been playing, Lord have mercy. This guy is Troy Polamalu 2.0. Yeah, and I wasn't really happy watching you know my Patriots lose on the road. Jamal Adams played phenomenally well. He stopped Cam a bunch, especially that that big play uh, down in the red zone. And I, I, in my opinion, I'm not going to get really into the details with the Patriots Seahawks game. Of course, I'm I'm angry, but I'm happy the way we played offensively. I would have loved to see Josh McDaniels go ahead and throw a play call out for Cam to throw the ball. That they ran that same play the previous drive where they scored, but they just ran it opposite with Cam coming out of pistol, pausing on the snap, and then rushing in. So I would have loved to see uh, Julian Allen maybe on a drag. He he balled out, had over 170 yards receiving. Mix it up. I would have trusted Josh, and, and I would have trusted Cam with his arm. But of course, Tori. Cowboys are coming into Seattle. He has the underdog with the five. The over-under is at 55 and a half. Yes, we know DK Metcalf is going to bring it again, and that, that may be a fantasy, fantasy football player to watch out for ahead of week three. Stay tuned for that. But what do you like with this game for, from a bet perspective? Are you leaning with Cowboys to come into Seattle to cover the five, or are you taking Seattle at home with your 12th man uh, with the five? I'm taking the Cowboys with the five, uh, as well as Jamal Adams and that Seahawks defense play. They really did give up uh, f- huge chunk plays to Julian Edelman, and he isn't the athlete of Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb. So if those guys get open in space, instead of those uh, explosive plays, they're going to go for touchdowns. So um, I still think Seattle wins the game, but th- I just think that number is too big, and I definitely could see Dak Prescott um, you know, backdooring the spread and losing by three or four. So if it keeps going up, I would take the Cowboys with the plus five as we speak. Are you going to attend the uh, DK Metcalf kitchen? 
because he was cooking last week against uh, the New England Patriots. Did finish with over uh, 92 yards receiving. But are are you going to head over to his Metcalf kitchen down there in Seattle? I heard it's pretty good. What, what do you think? I, I'm. This guy went right at Stephon Gilmore, and, and and I respect him. So to be the best, you got to beat the best. And to watch that young man go out there and compete, and ru- usually quarterbacks they're they're discouraged whenever they go against the number one corner if it's a Richard Sherman or Stephon Gilmore or Deion Sanders. But for them to go at him, it, it truly gave DK and that Seahawks receiver core confidence, knowing that they could beat anyone. So um, that's extremely exciting to see, and it's only going to translate to to more yards and, and those guys making more plays in the red zone. So um, it, it's it, for fantasy owners, definitely lean towards anybody that's playing with the Seahawks, if it's DK Metcalf or Lockett, man. These guys are really putting up some big numbers this year. Yeah, Ty Lockett's always, always these last three years, has been a fantasy football killer and has brought in a lot of points as well as racked up a lot of money for all you fantasy football owners out there. So if you don't have Tyler Lockett or you don't have DK Metcalf, you definitely want to get one of those guys. If you can't get the two, which I highly doubt, but you definitely want to get those guys. Metcalf Kitchen will be cooking on Sunday. That game will be scheduled at 425. That is, uh, will be aired live on Fox. I believe Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will have the call for that one. Shout out to Joe Buck, who recently got introduced in the uh, Hall of Fame. He's going to be joining his father in Canton. Shout out to Joe Buck, one of the best in the business. But Packers and Seahawks, story. I know you like this game from a uh, – not also from a betting standpoint, from a fancy standpoint as well. Yes, the Saints didn't look that great without Michael Thomas, as you said last week on the Champions Club podcast. You, you told people out there that the Saints will struggle, which they did. A uh, shout-out to John Gruden and, and those guys getting their first win in their new stadium down in Las Vegas. It was a great Monday night game. I was happy with, with how the Raiders played offensively. Saints looked a lot of discombobulated guys like Emmanuel Sanders didn't step up. But Jared Cook did, which Torrey did touch out again. So Torrey's been on point with his takes and telling you people out there who to get, who to take for upcoming fans. So when a guy speaks, just listen and do. It shows on the paper and also on your fancy football sheet when you say uh, win, week two, I got to win. Oh, how many? <coughs> Excuse me, what points did Jared Cook have? Oof, I'm, I'm choking from Metcalf's Kitchen. The food is delicious. <laughs> Packers and Saints story. This, of course, with Michael Thomas, it would have been a great offensive juggernaut between these two teams. But Michael Thomas won't be playing this week as of now unless he comes back before the injury report comes out. And I guess he'll play Sunday, give it a go. But as of now, he won't be playing. Green Bay will be on the road in the Dome against the Saints. We know what Aaron Rodgers does in the Dome, especially from an offensive standpoint. What's some of the things you're looking forward to? Key points as well as players to watch out for in this game when these two teams kick off on Sunday. It will be a Sunday night game as well for you people out there that don't know what time it will be, Sunday night football. I'm loving the Packers in this spot. I mean, I think this is Aaron Rodgers coming out party. We all know who he is, but he sometimes you just got to – you have to allow myself, allow me to reintroduce myself in the great words of Jay-Z. So uh, my name is A-Rod, discount double check. And when he comes out there against the New Orleans Saints, I think it's going to be one of those matchups where – if Devontae is – if his hamstring is healthy, healthier than it was this past Sunday, then uh, that's going to be extremely huge because Aaron Jones, uh, running back of the Packers, this guy is just a, he's a, he's a star. He's a fantasy stud. And I told everyone, hey, get Aaron Jones. I love this offense. But uh, he's a dual threat. He can catch the ball out of the backfield or he can run it between the tackles. And when he gets the ball – he usually doesn't get tackled from behind. He has the breakaway speed. And that's something that you have to be able to decide when you get a fantasy running back. You know, you can get caught up in a name, but 
does this guy have breakaway speed? Because it hurts when you have somebody break out on a long run and not score. You know, they take them out of the game and they bring in a bruiser and the bruiser falls in for one or two yards from the from the goal line. But a guy like Aaron Jones, he's a home run hitter. I'm loving him in a spot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Discount, double check himself uh, going against the Saints defense. Uh, they allowed David Carr and, and and Darren Waller to ball out against them. And I know they're going to be pissed off coming off a, a, a big loss on Monday Night Football, but uh, the way the Packers are playing, they're just humming. And speaking from the Saints side, Drew Brees looked like an old man. Like, father time is undefeated, and he really does not look like the best quarterback out there. Now, he's very accomplished. He has a lot of accolades. You name it, he has it. He has all the passing records. But with Michael Thomas being – uh, hampered with the ankle injury uh, and and you're not having a that number one threat and it's forcing you to throw the ball to other people like Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, or Alvin Kamara. I just think that it's really going to disrupt the, the, the flow of the offense and it's going to play into the Packers' hand where they can get out there and put some pressure on, on Drew Brees and, and it'll be a long day, especially with no fans. Now, if they were playing in New Orleans and it, up under normal circumstance, then I will look at this game totally different because that's one of the hardest environment, one of the hardest stadiums to play in. I mean, literally, it's so loud. But with no fans there and all the injuries and some of that bad mojo they have going on, uh, the Packers are definitely an auto play on this. And whoever you want in fantasy from their top three guys, if it's A. Rod, Aaron Jones, or Devontae, you should get them on your on your uh, on your weekend fantasy roster and just sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah, you guys do have time for your add or drop period as well as your claim period to go out there as well as make some trades uh, before Sunday comes. But Drew Brees, as Troy touched on, did look like an old man. He is 41. But check this keynote out for this upcoming game. Not also did Alvin Kamara do it with his legs, finish with 79 yards rushing. Also did it out of the backfield catching nine receptions, 95 yards. He had a big day uh, this past Sunday. Well, this past Monday night game, sorry. Like on the road against the Raiders. So, for all you people that don't have Al Kamara, yes, he may not have he may not have the greatest day, especially with no Michael Thomas. He also can do it out of the backfield as well. And this showed on Sunday with him racking over racking high over plus thirty points and and fantasy. This now this Packer offense, Tory, don't get me wrong, they came, they were down fourteen at home in their first home game at Lambeau. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was probably pissed off on that sideline, turned it up on him as you touched on Devontae Adams is battling a hamstring injury, but. Keynote, Aaron Rodgers did finish with 240 yards, 18 to 30, had two passing touchdowns. Aaron Jones done it again on the on the ground, 18, 18 rushes for 168 yards, did get in the end zone twice. So for all you people that's not buying into what Tori and myself are telling you with Aaron Jones or fantasy football, hop on the Aaron Jones train right now because Josh Jacobs did have a, a decent, not, not probably from what he had the first, first week or first two weeks, first week, I should say from a running perspective, but he did finish with over 60-plus yards. So Aaron Jones, you want to have him against the run going against the Saints this upcoming this upcoming when these two teams kick off on Monday night. What's some players you, you, you're you looking out for, Tori? Because I know I, you know, I would have loved to see this be a, a first of 40 wins type of game, but no Michael Thomas. The offense didn't look great. Packers are, are hitting on all cylinders right now offensively. They're clicking. What's some key players to watch out for when these two teams kick off on Monday Night Football? Uh, definitely look at Alvin Kamara uh, and Jared Cook of the Saints. Uh, I think those guys, uh, they're they're just a matchup uh, nightmare. You know, whenever you have someone as talented as those type players that, that can come out of the backfield or Jared Cook being a tight end, uh, it, it, they can always scheme up 
uh, plays to get them with the ball, and usually they they play well in space. But um, I just I just like the Packers in this spot. I, anybody who you want to put out there, Valdez, Scantling, uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, if if healthy, uh, it's a spot for them to really go out there and showcase and prove why they're one of the best teams in the NFC. And I know I'm a former Packer, and it might sound like I'm a homer, but just in this spot, uh, the way the circumstances have played themselves out, um, it's going to be hard for Drew Brees to really get it going on offense. I, I really don't see him pushing the ball downfield because now you have to worry about the defensive ends of the Green Bay Packers. You have the Smith brothers. Um, and then at cornerback, you have Jair Alexander and Kevin King. Man, these guys, are they're playing some great balls. So right now I just think it's a bad spot for the Saints and and a, and a greater spot for the Packers to go in and, and, and prove to the world, you know, they're, they're a real contender. Quick note, Tori, before we get into our fantasy football segment, Packers right now are the underdog with the plus three. If you don't take them with the points, you have the plus 142 with the money line over or under in this game is 52 and a half. I'm not, th- I'm not putting pressure on Tori, but from a betting standpoint, what do you like with this game? Or do you like Aaron Rodgers? Of course, as the underdog with the plus three, what, what are you liking? Man, I don't need no points. Give me the money line straight up. You know how we do. I want the extra cheese on top. Make it rain. Make it rain. Plus 142 is the money line right now for the Green Bay Packers. I'm pretty sure somebody in Vegas is going to hear this, and they're probably going to flip slides. But rather they're the underdogs, rather they're the favorites, Green Bay Packers taking with the money line. Saints, they, they, won't, they won't bring nothing to the table this Sunday. Fantasy football, 2-0. We got one more. We got one more big game now. Go ahead. Obviously, we can't do anything fantasy. Okay. But man, we got to talk about the Chiefs and the Ravens. Oh, how, shame on me! And you know what? I had this written down on my script. Shout out to our producer in the back, the man with the plan, Big Ethan. Big Ethan holding it down. <laughs> holding it down. Ravens, Chiefs this Sunday, both won. Of course. Chiefs won in overtime. These are Chargers. I really thought the Chargers had him, but rookie mistake by Justin Herbert. I, I should just scramble for the first time but threw that long interception, which was a game changer because they got that they got the momentum offensively, went right down the field, scored. Chargers got the ball. I thought they were gonna go for the fourth down. Yes, they they, they were in negative territory, but in that situation, you can't give the ball back to a, a momentum uh, offense in the Chiefs at the time that had just went down the field and scored, got a key stop down in overtime, didn't go for it, they punt it. Rest is history. Chiefs come down the field. They score. Why well, they score to kick the field goal? Ball game is over. Shout out to, shout out to the Chiefs kicker. I'm getting his name right now. Bucker two, Harrison Bucker. Harrison Bucker. Two 58 yard field goals in that game. I know, and we're gonna bring this stat up in the next segment of our fantasy football. He brought in some points for all you fancy guys. I know people may say kickers. Oh, you don't really need a kicker. It doesn't matter. The hell you do. The kicking position they can give you some boost. That guys maybe receiving core from your flex position as well as your, some of your bench players may not be able to give you on a weekly basis. And the kicker plays a huge role. So for all you Bucker owners out there, shout out to you. But, Tori, this is a game that mostly everybody's probably going to look forward to watching when these two teams face off again, a rematch after last year. We do know the potential offensive juggernaut points that it can bring to the table. But Chiefs and Ravens this upcoming week. Week three, I know you like this game from a, not also from an offensive standpoint, from a, from a mind standpoint, and the schemes that the Chiefs and Ravens bring to the table. Both teams won last week in week two. Both teams are 2-0. and What do you like with this game coming up on Sunday? Ooh, I love Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in this spot. Ooh, I think it's going to get – it's not even I think. 
They this game is gonna get ugly. It's gonna look how uh it's gonna remind me of the Ravens and the Patriots last year when the Patriots came to town and and faced the Ravens and went through that buzzsaw. Um right now the Chiefs can't stop a nosebleed, especially on defense. It showed they allowed uh er, you know, Justin Herbert and the I can't even remember the backs for the the uh, L.A. Chargers, you know, you had Eckler and and another guy out there. They control the game. Literally, they ran the ball up and down their throat, just pounding them, smash mouth. And now you got to go to Baltimore, and you're about to face a team that this is all they do is run the football, and you have a plethora of backs. You got a stable of backs. I mean, Mark Ingram, you have J.K. Dobbins, you have Lamar Jackson. It's They're going to control this game and grind up the Chiefs so bad that Patrick Mahomes really isn't going to be able to do anything on offense because he's just going to stand there and watch the game. He's going to have the best seat in the house because when you look at the time of possession in a 40-minute a football game, literally, or 60-minute football game, I can see the Ravens holding the ball for 40 minutes and just running the ball and just and smashing them. So um, this spot is going to be a huge showcase. Obviously, it's on Monday night, so you know what time it is. You're going to get everyone's best. But the way the Ravens are playing and the way they're running the ball right now, uh, their offense is their best defense, and it's just something that the Chiefs really don't want to stand in front of right now. And it's a statement game. This is a huge statement, and I think this is a chance to let everyone know that the Ravens are they're the team to beat coming out of AFC. Uh, last year, the Chiefs, they looked – they were ex- – I wasn't as high on them because they kept coming from behind. They kept digging themselves in a hole. It's hard coming back from 21-0 or 28 and these huge deficits. But if you do that against a team that can run the football, they're literally going to run you out of the stadium where you won't see the ball again. And I think this is where the Ravens show up big in this spot. These two teams meet again week three. They met again week three last year. Both teams were 2-0 going into that game. KC was home. At the time, Ravens will be home on this on this Monday. Chiefs are the underdogs with the four, as well as the over-under at 53.5. Last year, Chiefs did win at home 33-28. Was a close game, Tori. From a betting standpoint, what are some key things to watch out for when these two team kickers on Monday? Are you comfortable with the Chiefs coming in as the underdog with the four, or are you taking Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens with the four as a favorite at home? Oh, I'm taking the favorites. I'm taking the four, and I'm – that first drive is going to let me know how exactly how this game is going to go. If they go out there and pound the ball down their throat, then it's going to be all good. But if they stall out on offense and allow Patrick Mahomes to get a lead, then uh, that would flip the game on his head because literally the Ravens are not meant to come from behind. Uh, the way that offense and the way their whole team is set up, uh, they're meant to play with the lead. So, it's going to be extremely important for that first drive if the Ravens are on defense to get that stop or for them to win a coin toss, receive the ball, and jump out 7-0 to zero, just so it can give their defense that confidence of playing with that cushion because uh, you, you don't want to get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes because this guy, is it, you know, he has the fastest gun in all of the Wild West right now. But uh, I'm definitely loving the Ravens, and um, I don't have a side when it comes to the over-under, but I definitely – uh, feeling at at four or three and a half or whatever it is, I'm happy with it because I know uh, the way this game is going to go, it should be a uh, it should be a slugfest. Yeah, key key games to watch out for: Cowboys and Seahawks, Packers and Saints. No better way to end your Monday night after a hard days of work or after a long Monday. Rather, you're coming from the gym to come in, flip on that ESPN channel, and see the Chiefs and Ravens and this and this slugfest that we will see on Monday night. 
This is a favorite part of the show. Tori loves it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. We like talking about key games and stuff, but fantasy football. Tori and I are both 2-0. It's great to win. I don't like personally to, 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 to be 1-1, one and, one and you know I'm always at the drawing board, but it, it, it gives a different mindset when you're 1-1. One one. It's better when you're 2-0, and, and I had a great performance for my week two. Shout out to all my players that performed. But all our fantasy football information will be coming from our friends from DraftKings. Champions Club Podcast, Tori Garley, Monty Moss here. Fantasy football. Hey, Tori, man, I put up 148 points this past Sunday. I'm really happy. I did win. Uh, was close at one point. We At one point, Tori, it was about my opponent. It was about 130, 135, 133. I was losing. I was dead in the water. And did you know who kind of sort of saved the day for me? Mr. Who saved the day? Mr. Carson from the Seattle Seahawks. I'm like, I'm down like three points. I need to win. I had a, I had a personal wager on this game as well against my good buddy, and uh, he saved the day as well as some other players. So shout out to those guys, especially you, Mr. Carson from the Seahawks. Saved me, and you saved me a whole lot of money in my pocket. So, uh, how, how did you do from this past week and fantasy from your game? How many points did you put up? Oh yeah, we had another solid day, 140 plus. Woo! Um, when you have Kyler Murray, Aaron Jones, when you have those guys that, you know, they, they did the bulk of the lifting. So, uh, life is good and we're getting ready for another big week coming up. How many, how many, how many guys that you, did you have? I had, uh, I, I'll give you, I'll give a quick note here for everybody that's, that's tuning in or will tune in. I had about three guys that gave me over 20 points. Two of them gave me over 30. Calvin Ridley finished with 29 points and I sleeper that I said, Mr. Juno Smith from the Tennessee Titans had a great Great week two game, four catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns, gave me 25 points. And on top of that, Mr. Carson gave me an extra boost for scoring against the Patriots. Yes, against my Patriots. I'm angry. But, hey, when it's fantasy, I need to win. I need to be 2-0 so we can win this big pot of money at the end of the season. So I had a, I had a great performance with some guys in my week th- in my week two. Now, week three, I'm back to the drawing board. I'm going to have to figure some things out. But stay tuned for Tory Sleepers and as well players to stay the hell away from here after week two is concerned. So, Tory man, you won. I won. Both two and zero. No better feeling. Sleepers to look out for ahead of week two. Yes, we touched on Aaron Jones. If you're not on the Aaron Jones train, please board. They will be leaving Lambeau soon. Go grab Aaron Jones. He put up forty five points in week two. He's not a sleeper anymore. <laughs> when you put up when you put up numbers like that, you're not a sleeper anymore. <laughs> Damn sure ain't consistently is a fantasy football killer. I tweeted this out at Tory uh, on Twitter, and he fit 18 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns, and he also caught the ball out of the backfield, 68 yards receiving. You want a guy like that that's going to bring you 30 plus points consistently, and he's done it within these, these first two weeks. Who's some sleepers out there, Tory, to watch out for? Yes, we know Mr. Jones. Aaron Jones, the Green Bay Packer, is not a sleeper at this point. He, he's a guy you must have. So who are some guys out there that you that, that people are sleeping on ahead of before week three comes? Ooh, well, uh, one spot I love is uh, Jet McKinnon out of San Francisco 49ers. Uh, with, with all those injuries, I think this is a great spot for him to come in. And he's a dual threat guy. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and he can run between the tackles. Now, he is coming off a major injury. You know, he had a, he had a leg injury last year, and this is his second game back. But he's been in this offense before, and with the 49ers as depleted as they are, uh, Kyle Shanahan is really going to want to just get in and get out. And I can see him running the football, and he's going to be a guy that gets a lot of get a lot of love, a lot of touches this week. Um, another guy who's been floating under the radar, 
I think Cooper Cup is due for a big game. You know, we haven't talked about him. No. Because last week, Tyler Higby just went crazy. Yep. I mean, good God. Tyler, like, why you had to do him like that? Tyler put up 40 on by himself. Tyler Higby, uh, three touchdowns. He had a huge uh, fantasy day. And it, uh, the Rams end up getting a big win. But I think uh, Cooper Cup is another guy on the sleeper list. And I think it's time for Zach Ertz. I think Carson Wentz need to get his head out of his butt and get the ball to his best players. And I think it's time to target uh, Zach Ertz again. You know, well, he a lot of pick, a lot of people picked him high during the draft, but really hasn't showed flashes of anything. But I think this would be a big week for him to bounce back and have a good game. Yeah, Torrey touched on Tyler Higby. He finished with over twenty eight points from that last from last week's win in Philadelphia, thirty seven nineteen. Played phenomenally well. And on top of that. My sleeper, I think people probably weren't big on him. They probably didn't even believe in him. And I know I'm staying with the 49ers here, but I believe in this guy. And I might actually go pick him up myself. Jordan Reed, former mm. Washington Redskins, which is now Washington football team. Tight end. Finished with 24 points. Him and him, Jimmy G and that connection, it looked good on Sunday. And let's not forget, they're staying in Jersey. They're going to play at the same football field against the same New York team and the Giants. Yes, they beat, they beat the Jets last week, but... I look forward to seeing to see if that can still stay the same. Of course, with uh, George Kittle being injured or not being healthy, next man up. And Jordan Reed is on the comeback trail. Yes, we, we were once talking about him a few years back in, in one of the best tight ends in the league conversation. But now he's flying under the radar, finished with over 24 points in week two. I will go get Jordan Reed. That's a sleeper to, eight, to watch out for ahead of week three when these two teams kick off. And I think another one will be Kareem Hunt. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that have Kareem Hunt. I mean, his his buy his buy percentage right now it it went up increased from week one. He was at about 80 percent. That's well majority good enough. But mostly guys go get those big name guys where there are a lot of people on them that ninety plus percent rate. But now he's he's over eighty five eighty six percent. So a guy like Kareem Hunt, yeah, he put up twelve points in his first week, but he put up twenty four last week. Ten carries, eighty six yards. If you don't have Kareem Hunt and you're kind of searching for a running back and you need to make a trade or a, a ad claim period, go get Kareem Hunt. Finish with over 24 points, and that run game is going to continue this upcoming week when the Browns do go up against the Washington football team. Kay and Drake finished with 86 yards. Go get Kareem Hunt. Tory players to stay the hell away from when week three kicks off. Ooh, we stay away. <laughs> Ooh, I, wait a minute. Let me, let me get out my list because I have so many. I have so many guys right now, and it's just it's scary. Um, I would stay away from anyone that's playing against the New England Patriots right now. I think they're secondary. Uh, right now, the the way they're playing ball, I think they got to bounce back because they gave up a lot of yards to D, DK Metcalf and uh and Lockett. So, uh, who are the Patriots playing on Sunday? They are playing. I have it right here. They are playing against the Raiders at home. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, game. yeah. I would fade anybody of the Raiders. That's what it was. So they had a huge show on Monday night. Everybody watched them go out there and ball out against the Saints. Yep. But I promise you, it's not going to happen in Foxborough. So if you're big on Darren Waller or uh, uh, Nelson Aguilar or Josh Jacobs, just cancel all of that because Bill Belichick and their defense, they are going to get it together. So fade anybody of the Raiders. I, I promise you, if you go out there and go get you a Raider and – Sunday night rolls around and you got a big goose egg on the board. Just know we told you so on this podcast. We're letting you know in advance. 
and Champions Club, we letting you know Bill Belichick ain't letting that fly anymore. Nah, Derek Carr did finish with over 21 points from a fantasy uh, quarterback position, 282, 282 passing yards, had three touchdowns against that Saints defense. It won't happen against my New England Patriots. I guarantee it. Of course, I would stay the hell away from. And Tyler Lockett had a great game. And Chris Carson had a great game. James Conner had a great game. Another sleeper. Go get Tyler Boyd. He's 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 sorry. I know we're going in a different direction. He's 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 progressing. He's progressing. He averages over 14, 14 points. He's twenty six ranked as a wide receiver. But here's a guy where AJ Green's is being double teamed. A guy like Tyler Boyd opens doors up, and he finished with seventy two receiving yards on that Thursday night game. Gave twenty points. If that's a wide receiver that you may not know who to get, of course, if you you don't you can't find that big name. Go get Tyler Boyd. He, he's a ball player. But one person I would stay the hell away from this upcoming week, and it's a key game that Tori and I touched on earlier in the Champions Club podcast. Broncos and Bucks. Drew Locke, done. Jeff, Drisc- Jeff Driscoll, next man up. Stay the hell away from him. If you need a late, a late quarterback, you want to switch your roster up, don't get Jeff Driscoll. Because the Bucks are coming to town. And they're gonna they're gonna give the Broncos a, a high tail in the in the in the horse in the back of the horse. Stay away from Dre Driscoll. Tori, who are some players to watch out for? We we touched on sleepers and stay the hell away from, but who are some players to watch out for ahead of week three? I'm loving Robert Woods in this spot going against the Buffalo Bills. I think uh the way Sean McVay has been scheming up plays, this guy is a he's a mastermind on offense. And uh Jared Goff is playing extremely well. You still got Cooper Cup. So any one of the Rams, the L.A. Rams, they're going out to Buffalo, but I think this is a great matchup because it's something that Buffalo never sees is uh, this team coming from the NFC West, and I think it's a great spot for uh, Robert Woods to go in there and have a great showcase. I I, I agree. One player I would say to, to, to watch out for, Devontae Parker had a great game against Buffalo, and he's going up against Jacksonville. That Jacksonville defense isn't that great. They put up, They gave up 30 points against the Colts week one. And then on top of that, they didn't have the best of games last week from a defensive standpoint. Gave up 30 points against the Tennessee Titans. The Dolphins do pass the ball a lot. The battle of the beards, baby. Mustache versus beard. Devontae Parker, he's going to have a great game against uh, the, t- the Jacksonville Jaguars this upcoming week. Did have 16 points in week two. Yes, they did lose at home against the Buffalo Bills, but that's a guy that Fitzpatrick likes to get the ball to. And that's a guy that watch out for. Of course, you probably thought we are going to go out big names. Of course, you know. Aaron Jones is not is not a sleeper, so we can't say watch out for him. He's going to show up regardless. Aaron Jones is going to show up. Dak Prescott is going to show up. Alvin Kamara is more than likely going to show up. Cam Newton. First off, let's just show some love to Cam here. He's ball. Yeah, man. Shout out to Cam. Shout out to Cam. He's ball in these last two weeks, giving fantasy owners 20-plus points. Had 34 this past Sunday at Seattle. Is it is it time to hop on the Cam Newton train from a fantasy football standpoint? Yeah, man. It, even though we're we're getting close to the end of the show, man, we definitely got to show love to Cam because this guy really is – he's proving a lot of people wrong. He's sticking it to him, and he's really binding to the Patriot way. So, man, shout out to Cam. Shout out to Cam. Also, for all you guys out there, you guys can tag us with your fantasy football lineup at Champions Club. Rather, you could tag us our page, Champions Club Podcast, as well as tag us personally on Twitter or tag us, shoot us a, a at on Instagram. Follow Tori at Tori Gurley 81 as well as on Twitter at T underscore Gurley 81. Monty Moss 3 on Instagram as well as Monty underscore Moss 3 on Twitter. Tag us. We want to see your lineup. You guys need some insight. You don't know what to do last minute. Give us a tag and we'll try to give you the best advice possible. But 
This show here is, is from fancy football and the best standpoint is from our friends at DraftKings. Champions Club Podcast. Twig Early. Monty Moss. Stay tuned. We'll be looking forward to seeing your tags. Betting. Locks of the week. We said this. We're going to give America one lock a week each week. And we're going to keep a tally. If you guys don't know, you didn't watch last last week's episode, me and Tori have a wager in place. Steak. New York City. What's the oh, re- yeah. What's the restaurant called, Tori, for people out there that don't know? Roof Chris, baby. That's where we're going. Roof. But, uh, man, shout out, shout out to everybody, man. It's football Sunday. You guys make sure you enjoy it. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week. Hold on, Tori, before you go. You're missing the most important point. Who is your week three lock of the week? We're both 2-0, and oh, baby. Somebody's got to lose. And more like it's going to oh, be you this week. So who, who who you got? Oh, man. Let me lock in the L.A. Rams going against the Buffalo Bills. Outright Ooh. win. I love it. Ooh. I'm taking a pissed off Aaron Rodgers on the road against New Orleans Saints with the plus three. I'm taking them as the underdog. That game will be a Sunday night game. I will be watching. But on behalf of the Champions Club podcast, Tori Gurley, Monty Moss, shout out to DraftKings for giving us all our information from a betting standpoint and fantasy football. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. But until then, enjoy Football Sunday. Peace out. Peace out.